Uh, I just was kind of going off the cuff there and I screwed that up. All right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> start that over. Let's start that over. <clears throat> Welcome to the Greatest List Podcast, a show about music and lists. This season, your hosts Jason and Eric are counting down the top 25 guitar solos of the 80s and the top 25 guitar solos of the 90s. Think your favorite made the list? Tune in and find out. Take it away, boys. Welcome back to season two of Greatest Lists, a music and talk podcast featuring lists of the greatest songs of all time. I am Jason, your host for this finale of season two or at least the first half of season two uh joining me as always my co-host eric what's going on this is it man this, this is, is it. it man this list went by quick <laughs> it does seem a little quick yeah. but i'm glad i'm glad the way we uh split up the first yeah did the first half and second half so this will be fun but uh, yes we've reached the apex of our list of the top 25 guitar solos of the 90s I, when we were first talking about this, I had some songs rattling around my brain, but uh, I remember one day at work, we were going back and forth on Slack on what should be number one, and it was actually you who picked this song. There's no big uh, reveal here. You guys have read the uh, title of the episode, (laughs) but uh, you're the one that suggested that song, and it took me a minute. And then I pulled it up my phone, and I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. The band fits the 90s era. Yeah. There are two freaking epic solos in this song. So just got to be it, man. So I'm yep. glad that you pointed me to this song. Was there something initially that pointed you to Alive? No, I've, watched, I've just always loved the, the, the solo at the end of the song. I've, I've always loved it. It's, it's okay. so epic. So it is. It's coming in at number one on our list is Alive by Pearl Jam. Behind the music. Our spotlight today is on guitarist Michael David McCready. He was born in Pensacola, Florida, but his family moved to Seattle shortly after his birth. When he was a child, his parents played Jimi Hendrix and Santana to him. Wow. While his friends listened to Kiss and Aerosmith. What a nice mixture there (laughs) to uh, get you into music. Uh, McCready first started playing the bongo drums. <laughs> then, uh, at age awesome. 11, he purchased his first guitar and began taking lessons. In the eighth grade, McCready first formed his uh, formed his first band, I should say, Warrior, whose name soon changed to Shadow. Uh, originally a cover band playing during free periods at <laughs> Roosevelt High School. That's amazing. The band The band eventually began writing original material and recording demo tapes. After high school, McCready worked at a pizza restaurant where he befriended musician Pete Droge. In 1986, Shadow relocated to Los Angeles and attempted to cut a record deal. However, according to McCready, quote, we weren't that good of a band (laughs) and we didn't realize it until we got down there. I guess we lost our focus, got really bummed out, came back to Seattle. Unquote. Yeah. In 1988, Shadow split up soon after returning to Seattle, and McCready lost interest in playing guitar for some time, saying that he was, quote, so depressed about life, unquote. 
His uh, He cut his hair. He enrolled in a local community college. He spent his nights working at a video store. Wow. Uh, he credits his friend Russ Reedner for getting him out of, quote, my college mode and back into playing guitar. <laughs> uh, McCready was inspired to pick up his guitar again after attending a Stevie Ray Vaughan concert. It'll do it to you. Uh, he gradually went back to playing guitar and finally joined another band called Love Chile. His childhood friend, Stone Gossard, went to one of the uh, band's shows and appreciated McCready's work after hearing him perform Steve Ray Vaughn's Couldn't Stand the Weather. Uh, after the demise of Gossard's band, Mother Love Bone, he asked McCready if he wanted to play music together with him. And after a few months of practicing together, McCready turned uh, in turn encouraged Gossard to reconnect with his Mother Love Bone alum, Jeff Ament. Uh, the trio were attempting to form their own band when they were invited to be part of the Temple of the Dog Project, founded by Soundgarden's Chris Cornell, as a musical tribute to Mother Love Bone's frontman, Andrew Wood, who died of a heroin overdose at the age of 24. This project eventually featured vocalist Eddie Vedder, who had arrived in Seattle to audition to be the singer for Ament and Gossard's next band, which later became, which later became, of course, Pearl Jam, with uh, David Krusen as their drummer. So outside of Pearl Jam, that was a little history on how Pearl Jam came to be. Uh, McCready formed a side band in 1994 called the Gacy Bunch, later renamed Mad Season, with John Baker Saunders of the Lamont Cranston Band. Vocalist Lane Staley of yeah, Alice in uh, Chains and drummer Barrett Martin of Screaming Trees. They released one album. Uh, in 2000, he formed the band The Rockfords with his former high school bandmates from Shadow and vocalist Carrie Aker of Goodness. So he he got his whole band back together. <laughs> He's getting the band back together. Yeah. Uh, playing those uh, playing those study hall periods in nice. school. Uh <laughs> McCready's acts of choice has mainly been Fender Strats with Pearl Jam. He is known to play Gibson Les Pauls now for live performances of Alive. Uh, McCready has also used many types of Stratocasters, vintage and modern, even including left-handed Stratocasters with reverse strings so that the slanted bridge pickup would have more tremble on the lower strings as opposed to the higher strings. This was, of course, a common practice of Jimi Hendrix, who played... Yep right-handed guitars even though he was left-handed i yep. thought that was interesting because i hear and we'll get into it but i hear a lot of hendrix with his playing especially oh, with yeah. this song yeah let's get personal so i was an early buyer of the album 10 uh still my favorite album of theirs and it's not really close to me i mean I, <laughs> it's not even close i'm not trying to uh just their uh, other albums or anything, but I I do I did go out and buy Yield, which has several songs I really like, um, and you know the singles that Pearl Jam's released over the years, Daughter, Better Man, they're really great. But as far as albums, Ten is where it's at for me, and I remember blasting that all through high school and in my college years in the <laughs> late '90s. It's just an album you can put on and leave on, in my opinion. Yeah. I think MTV had a lot of influence on their success oh, of because I do remember the music video uh, f for this song, several from the 
album. And of course, you know, Jeremy won like 34 Moon Men that year. <laughs> that it was nominated. I mean, they were up there on stage like every other song. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I was an early adapter of Pearl Jam. I've slacked off a lot over the years. I think Yield came out in 97 or 98 when I was in college. And that was really probably the last one that I've really dove in on, you know, like a full album. Right. What's your kind of personal history with Uh, Pearl Jam? I remember uh, where I bought their first album. I remember (laughs) seeing the video for this song, Alive. This was the first single. I remember seeing the video and I was at Target like two nights later. And saw the album on the shelf, saw the CD on the shelf, and bought it, just because I'd seen that video, and uh, I wore that thing out. Oh, I love that album so much! It's such a, it's such a good album. It uh, is this one, and I, I actually like uh, the second one too uh, immensely. Uh, verses, verses, yeah, I love that <laughs> album. Um, but yeah, I remember, I remember seeing that video for the first time on MTV and going. Yeah, that's just, this is awesome. <laughs> and buying yeah, yeah. that CD a couple of days later. So, and then I got this. My sister is a huge Pearl Jam fan. I kind of fell off after their third album, um, just because of life in general and things like that. But um, yeah, the first two, those first two albums, though, for me were just were almost flawless. Especially yeah, the, yeah, especially the second one. But uh, and so so impactful just in the the grunge music scene and how strong that came on uh, around that time and very iconic to me. Yeah. Um, well, probably the first two, but yeah, that's that, that their sound and just the, the power behind Eddie Vedder's voice and the lyrics and, oh man, just so good. Yep. I agree. The breakdown. All right. So this solo, yeah, in, like you said, it's it's basically the, the second solo, the, the end solo that's really the one mm-hmm. we're talking about. But he starts in about three minutes and 39 seconds in, and you get about 30 seconds of him playing. And like I said before, it's so Hendrix, the the, the, the sound of his guitar and the, the style that he plays. You can really tell he's got that influence. And I don't know if he you know particularly set up his guitar like that just so he could sound more hendrix if that's what really what he was going for you know like we said he reversed the strings and all that but right yeah um i love his style and it not just in this song but just overall and the second solo though i mean it starts at 416 and lasts for pretty much the last minute and a half of the song. It's so, so, so epic. Yeah. Um, and for a song that has such an iconic opening riff, I mean, you instantly know what the song is, you know, when you hear those first oh, few yeah. notes and it kicks in. Um, I It just didn't hit me right away that uh, that end solo is so epic. When you were we were first talking about and thinking about solos from the '90s, uh, because I'm so in tune to okay that we know what alive is. It's that riff, but th- it's right. the solos too. I mean, it's so much a part of what makes the song great. Yeah, I uh, 
I remember reading a story one time that when they were recording this song, they had him play the solo at the end like multiple times, and the producer chopped it up and like pieced together a solo. And when they heard it, they just none of, nobody was really happy with it. <laughs> Hated and it. Yeah. He, and he switched out a couple of pedals, like a Univibe, and then. Uh, I think a, another a different wah pedal or something. I remember, what, I remember what he switched out, and then he took one more shot at it and played it. And what you hear on the on on the album now is that one final take that he took of the, of the, of the solo. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I was just immensely more happy with that than the the one that we had pieced together. So yeah, it's I mean that that end solo is just is just epic. He just lets it all go and it just keeps going. And, uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, "Yeah, this is good. This is good." When you start listening to it again, and you're like, "Oh wait, yeah, this does go for a while." <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. it's like it's like half the song. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's so good. It's I mean, he's 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 such an underrated guitar player because he came out in the '90s and he doesn't get enough credit mm-hmm. for how good he really is. But uh, he shows it in that solo for sure. He's he is, uh, and you can Absolutely. you can hear the Hendrix and you can hear the Stevie Ray Vaughan in that too. In that, in that yeah, solo. yeah. So yeah, he's it, it's a it's a masterpiece. Yeah, I, I agree. Incredibly underrated as a lead guitarist, and you know, just thinking, like I said, top of the show, just thinking about we're putting together a '90s list. How big Pearl Jam was yeah. in the early '90s. You know, right up there with Nirvana, I would put them and even Soundgarden and that whole sound that came out of Seattle. But um, I, I felt like this was fitting. I mean, it's it's definitely epic enough to make it a number one song. Yeah, they were the so. you know they were they were one of the only grunge bands that still featured a guitar, like a guitar player. I mean, you know, Nirvana yeah, more- Nirvana broke the mold, and uh, Soundgarden had Kim Thale, and he he had his, his own style all by himself, but Pearl Jam has Stone Gossard and Dave McCready and or Mike McCready and they p- still play. They were still playing guitar, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. Even and though they were grunge, they were still playing guitar, and that's what makes yeah. this, this the the best solo. The the songs are more, I guess, traditionally structured. Yeah, compared to some of the other alternative stuff and grunge yeah. stuff that was coming out of the '90s that were doing their own thing, they still have more of a what we would call more of a rock sound, I think. Right, right. With their music. So, all right, dude. So, the number one solo on our top 25 guitar solos of the 90s list is the solo by Mike McCready in Alive. And we're each going to pick a bonus song for this episode. And um, uh, there's lots I could choose from Pearl Jam. But oh, yeah. I'm going to go with a personal favorite of mine. And I'm going to play Say Hello to Heaven by oh, Temple of the Dog. That's such a great song. I love that song so much. I love, well, both of the singles, you would say, from that album. But that album's a great album, too. But the uh, Say Hello to Heaven has a fantastic solo by Mike. And, of course, you get Chris Cornell Chris and Cornell. vocals. Yeah. It's, it's such a great song. Yeah. And you're going to take one for Pearl Jam, right? I want to take one from the second album versus it's the opening track called Go. Um, that's probably my favorite song on that album. And yeah. uh, and I'm going to ruin it for you, too. Um, <laughs> when you listen, <laughs> I probably shouldn't, but 
I want to share in, in my pain. So um, one time I was listening to this album with a friend of mine, <laughs> and this song was on, Go was on. And the chorus says, please don't go on me. He's, he, my friend goes, why is he saying Uncle Wumpy? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Wumpy. And All right. From then on, for the rest, I mean, from then until now, if I hear this song, I have to make myself hear Don't Go On Me and not hear Uncle Wumpy. <laughs> this, is, this has always been the Uncle Wumpy song to me ever since. But it's still my I, favorite song on the album. I'm married to a woman who sings Everybody Wants to Boogaloo. <laughs> so I I can understand your pain. Uh, <laughs> awesome. That's great. All right. Well, stay tuned to hear both of those bonus songs if you are listening with Spotify Premium. Otherwise, as we always say, use those song whip links in the show notes and connect with the songs in your favorite music app. We appreciate you guys, all of our listeners, going through uh, this season with us. And uh, thanks for subscribing, listening along, comments sent along the way. And, of course, you can find us, greatestlistpodcast.com, at greatestlist on Twitter. Those are the, the two places online, mainly where we're at. Oh, YouTube uh, now as well. Yep. You can leave comments over there, too, if you want to. But... Uh, we do appreciate you guys. This was really fun, man. I mean, this is not the end of season two. We will be back, and we're going to be back uh, once we figure out how we're going <laughs> to rank the top 25 guitar solos of the 80s. <laughs> it might take us a minute, right? How in the world are we going to pick 25 out of that? I don't know. Right? But uh, also, in the meantime, we have some bonus shows planned. We always do our honorable mentions list, so we've got to do that. Uh, for the 90s. I've got several still in our list that we came up with to start. And then yeah. uh, I've got an idea for a show. I've talked to Eric about it. We might try to pull it off here, which I was calling our retroactive list, which we just want to go and listen to some new music by some bands and artists that have been around for a while. Retroactive. Yeah. I still like that. that idea, so we need to make so, it yeah, we're going to, there's a lot of mu new music coming out from, uh, uh, what, Extreme has a new album coming out, uh, Metallica, there's this weird uh, orchestra <laughs> album from but, Def Leppard. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know about that one. Susanna Hoffs, uh, Yes. Carlisle. Yeah, so there's a lot, of, a lot of artists like that that have been around for a while putting out new music, and yep. I thought it would be fun to, to try to review essentially some uh, some of those new singles yeah. coming out so we might try to put a bonus show like that together yep uh, in the meantime as we try to compile this list but man this was fun i had an I awesome time it. i did too and i cannot wait for the 80s it's gonna be <laughs> a battle i think we're gonna be battling over songs artists if you thought, if you thought i was a fanboy in the 90s you just wait till we get to the 80s <laughs> <laughs> There's so much more to choose from. I mean, we might have a uh, list of 25 honorable mentions so we have to get through. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. We'll see how we can do here in the next little bit to uh, knock out a list and yes. start counting down again, man. That's right. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening, and we will see you for the second half of season two of the top 25 guitar solos, and specifically the 80s. We'll see you then. You've been listening to The Greatest Lists. 